Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Got one of them stories about a case working its way through the legal system. And one that we've talked about before is now approaching the Supreme Court, where if we get a ruling, would settle the law of the land. So from USA Today and a whole bunch of people sent it, the Supreme Court has been asked to determine if a police dog's paws violate the Constitution if used during a traffic stop. So the problem began with a police dog named Nero. And by the way, it's not the dog's fault. I love dogs, okay? There are no bad dogs, just bad police who use dogs improperly sometimes. So he, Nero the dog, put his paws on the door of a car that had been pulled over after the driver swerved across three lanes. So they're saying, hey, you're driving erratically. Uh, We want to search your car. And the Belgian Malinois did his job, though, because he searched. Apparently, the driver didn't give consent or whatever. And uh, when the dog indicated he'd found something, they discovered a pill bottle in a plastic bag that the officers later said contained meth residue, which, of course, is what they said the dog indicated about. And that's evidence that ultimately allowed the police in Idaho to get a warrant and charge the driver with a felony. Question is, when the dog placed his paws on the driver's side door, he was jumping up to get a better sniff, and did that violate the Constitution about an unreasonable search? Because here's the question, and and I know people in response to some previous videos we talked about this, get kind of confused and go, I don't understand why that could possibly be a violation of the Constitution. Now, I get some people go, well, my gosh, how do people not see this? But if your car's parked on the side of the road, you got pulled over, or let's suppose it's just parked there. If someone walks around your car without touching it, without sticking any of their body parts through the windows, okay, they're not harming you and they're not searching the car. Now, I understand if somebody walks and looks in the windows and you see them doing that, you might get a little uneasy, But a police officer walking up to your car and asking you some questions, whether you answer them or not, and looking in the car, well, you know, they got eyes. They can look in your car. But when they bring a police dog up and the police dog walks around the car, he's doing nothing different than a human, just at a lower level. I'm talking about the actual altitude of the dog. (laughs) First of many times today, I'll use that phrase. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, And so... The question, though, becomes, what if the dog starts jumping up on the car? I've seen him do that. And also, what if the dog sticks his nose in the window? And so there is a difference, and I think this distinction will come up as they discuss this at higher levels. The distinction between walking around the car but not touching it, not entering it. What about jumping up and literally touching the car with your front paws, if in fact we're looking at this from the viewpoint of the dog? And what if you touch it with your paws and stick your nose in the window? And I personally think that jumping up on the car is where the line's been crossed. The reason I say that is I don't want animals or people putting their paws on my car. And so as some of you might know, I own a Viper. Just like that, only a little bigger. And if police pulled me over and said, hey, Mr. Leto, can we search your car? On principle, only because I couldn't respect myself if I said yes, I'll say no. I'm sorry you can't. No. No, thank you. And if they ask why, I'm going to say, well, (laughs) I'm an attorney and I make videos about these things. And um, if I let you search my car, I'd I'd be going back on nine years of video making. So, no, you can't. 
No, thank you. Now, they said, but we're gonna, we just happen to have a dog here. Hey, congratulations. I love dogs. Well, we're going to bring our dog out and let your dog, you know, let the dog run around your car. Good. I hope he appreciates cars. You know, I understand that dogs are colorblind, though, right? So he's not going to appreciate the bright red of my Viper, but yeah, great. So they run him around the car. That's not a problem. If they run him around and start patting body panels to get him to jump up with his front paws onto my car with his claws, I will be very unhappy. And I've spoken to people who've had a dog jump up on their car and had the paint get scratched. Again, it wasn't the dog's fault. It was the person who was handling the dog. So Idaho, their Supreme Court concluded in March that the dog jumping on the car amounted to a warrantless search. So it tossed the conviction of that man. So that case is one of several to arrive at the Supreme Court this year, testing the power of law enforcement under the Fourth Amendment when officers approach vehicles. Another case deals with an officer who spotted a joint, that is a marijuana cigarette, under a driver's seat after the car door was left open. So the door is left open, and he looks in and sees it. That's probably going to be a plain view exception unless he stuck his head in the door past the door sill. That, to me, would be going too far. But another case, uh, like that one got added, the Supreme Court ruled in 2013 that the police violated the Fourth Amendment when they brought a police dog past the home of a man suspected of growing marijuana. In another case that your majority ruled that a Florida police officer's use of a drug-sniffing dog to search a truck during a routine traffic stop was fine. So there have been mixed results on these cases of these quasi-searches, shall we call them. Four justices involved in many of the earlier cases have since left the court, and that's the case the Supreme Court's ruled on. So if you go to law school, you often read for con law all of the cases that hit the Supreme Court, and also in criminal procedure. You read a lot of cases about the Fourth Amendment in criminal procedure. What is a search that requires a warrant? What is a search that's okay if it's warrantless? And there are so many cases that address these things, and a lot of the guidelines are vague And so a new set of facts come along, and somebody says, okay, the uh, U.S. government overflying a home at this altitude using a regular camera with film, that's one thing. U.S. government flying overhead uh, at a lower altitude using uh, infrared devices that can look for heat signatures, that's a different thing. Uh, The U.S. government using a drone flying and hovering over the property at a lower height and you, and you see how these parameters can change from case to case. And so Supreme Court, when they get a whole bunch of cases on a bunch of topics that all touch on something like this, they're going to go, okay, fine, we can, we can straighten this one out. So it's simply the level of action on the police officers or their dogs that rise to the point where mm, that's too much to be doing without a warrant. And so, again, my primary concern is not just the damage to the car, because obviously if you're driving a beater or a beater with a heater, which is what they like on the Upper Peninsula of Michigan in the wintertime, and it's a $500 car, you paid 500 bucks for a piece of junk, it barely stops, it may not start on any given morning, and the paint job, uh, shall we say, uh, is, is, is original patina, <laughs> It's the original paint with 35 years of patina from being parked outside and driven in Michigan with salty roads in the wintertime. 
The, the patina is rust, and that ain't the color of the paint, my friend. So police officer's dog jumps up on that car, probably improving its appearance. However, that's not the point. My point is that when the dog interacts with the car in a way that the owner probably wouldn't let his own dog interact with the car, that is, in my mind, crossing the line. So walking around the car, if you're a human looking in the car, eh. Dog walking around the car and then sitting down and pointing with its nose, kind of like, hey, dude, right there, in the trunk, in the trunk, that's fine. But the second the dog puts his paws on the car, I think is the line. But there's another line, and that is if the dog puts his paws on the windowsill and sticks its nose in, like it wants to say hello to the passenger from the driver's side. So there are several of these cases that have gone up, and some of them are for a variety of different states. And interestingly, you'll notice that some of those went to the state Supreme Courts. And they're constitutional questions, though. And so how the Constitution is interpreted is a question for the Supreme Court. If the Supreme Court has not addressed a point right exactly, well, then you have the right to bring it up there and ask them to consider it. Keep in mind they only review a very, very small percentage, one, two, three, four percent of the cases that are offered to them in any given year, meaning they turn down the vast majority of them in the 90s, percentage-wise, of those cases get turned down. But what they are often faced with is where people start noticing, oh, we had a case in Ohio, a case in Florida, a case in Idaho, we had a case, and these cases all appear to be addressing a very similar topic. Not necessarily all dogs putting their paws on the car, but the, I guess what you call it, minimal intrusion from the outside by a law enforcement officer. Is that the thing they would need a warrant for to actually do? So the Supreme Court has been asked to look at this, and the question is, how will they rule if they take it? I will follow this and see what happens. And again, if it was up to me, and it ain't, I would draw the line at the actual touching of the car in a way that would be offensive to the owner. That's me. That's me. So I also like cars. I like dogs and I like cars. What can I tell you? So John Fritz wrote that for USA Today. And uh, Chris sent it to me along with uh, a whole lot of other people. But I'll mention him because I made a mental note to do this story from USA Today. And when I went to print it off, I had made a mental note to do another story. And Chris also sent that one to me, and they're back-to-back. It's like, oh, those are the two stories I meant to print off when I got to my computer. <laughs> so there you go. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Is it possible to be totally partial?